don't know this, but a lot of times when I'm working with clients, I often assess and come up with a wellness routine as part of helping them. And the reason why I do that is I find that if people aren't sleeping or if they have medical issues or they're not happy with their eating habits or their exercise routine, they're not going to make movement in their dating life. And to highlight this, I wanted to share a story about a client. And and this was, (laughs) I did play a little bit of a hardball with her and you'll see why. Um, She was trying to lose weight and we had come up with an exercise routine and also a sleep routine. And so we went through her calendar and Monday through Friday, we came up with a solid plan, right? And she would do it for a while, and then she would get the best of her and slough off, and she wouldn't keep going with it. And she was really mad at herself, and it was really kind of keeping her stuck. And so, again, I had to give her a little tough love. And what I decided to do, because we kept talking about different motivation things that would help her. And as I've been talking on other podcasts, there's things that externally motivate us and there's also things that internally motivate us. And what I found is that there, she didn't have enough internal motivation to do it for herself. So we needed to do a little bit of external stuff. And that was me playing hardball with her. And what I told her is that if she didn't keep the schedule for the next two weeks in between our calls, that we would not have our next coaching call. Now, you may think that I was being really harsh, but look, this was beyond wanting her to lose weight or do whatever it was. It wasn't really about that. I knew that this part of her life was literally keeping her stuck in this victim mentality and also in the victim body. So she needed support to know that she had the power within to control her her routine, her body, and her outcome. And I knew, I knew deep down that if this would have a trickle down effect into her life and how she viewed herself, thus impacting the way others viewed her. And you know what? It worked because then right before our next call, I emailed her and I checked in. I said, did you do your routine? And she gave me a big fat yes. And so we got on the call and she said, oh my God, Kim, it totally worked. I said, well, what happened? She said, well, lo and behold, Wednesday came and I was going to blow off my routine as normal and you were in my head. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, Kim's not going to have my coaching goal. (laughs) And so it pushed her over the edge to do the routine. And you know what? From that moment on, it was a learning lesson for her. And she started attracting positive things in her life. And yes, that included a relationship. So how you focus on your well-being and how you feel about yourself overall really does 
attract positive things in your life overall, including relationships. And joining me today is someone super smart about all of this stuff, way smarter than me, who is going to help me talk about how to raise your physical intelligence so that you attract what you want. You hear me talk about social intelligence, style intelligence, emotional intelligence, but we're going to focus on physical intelligence. He is the founder of Wellness Force and host of the top-ranked iTunes podcast, Wellness Force Radio. You have got to check it out. I had the luxury of being on his podcast, and it's amazing. And Josh has spent the past 15 years as a trainer, researcher, facilitator, and discovering that the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world, he talks a lot about technology too, and from over, gosh, 300 high-level interviews with some of the most respected minds of wellness, health, and self-help, Josh has been featured in major wellness publications such as Soul Feed, Wellness FX, Ace, and is a featured speaker for the Fit Tech Summit in Vegas. Welcome, Josh, Trent. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me. So excited to be here. So excited to be here. And I have to share with you that Josh and I met on Instagram. I'm just going to like full disclosure here because we've been like communicating back and forth forever. And we've had this like friendship on Instagram, but there is nothing like the real thing, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) I was so happy to finally have you on and and get to share the world with you because you are super talented. Um, I want to know, because I was perusing your website, and you guys have got to check it out. I mean, his website's amazing, wellnessforce.com, and he has this video from SealFit20X, which is an amazing, like, boot camp, and I want to hear more about it um, so you can share with the listeners, but you made a statement in there that just gave me chills that I think will will really set the tone for what we're going to talk about today. You kept saying, if I can breathe, I can choose. Will you share with everybody what that means and a little bit of your story and how you got into all this? It's just, it's fascinating. Wow. I love that we're going right to the bottom of the ocean. This is so fun because- Of course we are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when it comes to like our autonomic nervous system, and that's everything that happens in our body without us doing anything, you know, our heart beating, our eyes blinking, breathing, it's the biggest lever that we can pull that can actually tell our nervous system that we're safe. And so when I look at if I can breathe, I can choose, it actually came to me because uh, for the majority, and I say majority is real true uh, of my life, I've dealt with anxiety. And that anxiety has been a constant edge of intelligence that I lean into to constantly tell my nervous system that it's safe. And so this SealFit event, if you watch the video, you can understand that, you know, through the physical, through fitness is where I found, and it's where a lot of us find the gateway to wellness. And what's challenging for many of us is that without momentum, uh, without a true understanding of how powerful we really are in our hearts and our bodies, um, we really never really step into our strength. And through breathing, if I can breathe, I can choose means if I'm having a stressful moment, if I'm fighting with my spouse, if I don't want to work out, if I'm looking at a fridge full of junk food, if I can take a massive deep breath and train my nervous system so that I have less vagal tone so I can be more parasympathetic based in my decisions, well, then I'm going to make a beautiful self-love choice. And if I can breathe, I can choose to do that. But you know what happens, Kim, for many of us is we're under stress. What's the first thing that happens? We hold our breath. And so that was my story for a big part of my life. And I don't know how deep you want to go. I mean, I can give you the abbreviated version. Let's go deep. 
Yeah. So when I was a young kid, my mom, she struggled with um, a bipolar disease, a pretty serious one. Wow. So I never really had a home base of safety and security. Now for the nervous system of a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, it can be really challenging if there's no home base that's secure and safe. Well, then that yeah. transitions into all of the ways that I interrelate with women and men in my adolescent and adult life. So, you know, without that skill set, my dad left home when I was two months old. I really never had that grounding effect, which is now why breath is such a big deal to me. I actually have this tattooed on my arm, which we can talk about. It's in Italian. I'm half Italian, Sicilian, my fun part. Um, <laughs> which in Italian means if I can breathe, I can choose. And the reason I have that printed on the inside of my arm is I think of how many times when I was a kid where I held my breath. I think of how many times that all of us in our life, when we're stressed, when we're sad, it's, you know, the opposite of expression is depression. And the way that we get expressed is through our breath. And so to no surprise, Kim, without the psychological tools, when I was young, I found sports in high school, which was transformational, you know, this fitness gateway to wellness. I'm 23 years old, flash forward. I'm in a relationship I hate. Um, I was actually a Mercedes Benz technician for five years out of high school, not using my voice, not stepping into my power, not breathing. Mm. And I just had this moment at a party, which is where a lot of people in their early 20s find themselves. I was drinking beer out of a red party cup. And I tried to lose weight. I was 280 pounds. So my health, my wealth, and my mm. relationships were all just this really big, almost like stab of pain in my life. I knew I wasn't happy, but I just didn't know where I wanted to go. And I'll never forget this, Cam. I slammed the cup down. The beer spilled everywhere. And I just became so frustrated that I almost had this lightning bolt shoot through my chest. And I just had this feeling, this raw emotion where I was like, I don't know what I want, but I know that I don't want this. And so I just ran home drunk. I ran home drunk for three miles and I, I got on the computer. This is 2003, 2004. And I think I typed in, how do I be healthy? And the next 18 months was like trial by fire, you know, Atkins and different diet programs. And I lost and gained over 80 pounds each way. I went from 280 to like 200 pounds and then back up. And then finally I became just so frustrated uh, that I moved to Hawaii. I left everything I owned. Um, I had really kind of a leg of the hero's journey where I sold my truck and my possessions. And when I got out there, I really took the time to like understand the power of breath. And I took six months, Kim, to just hike and surf and fish and study health and just understand like, who's Josh Trent and what is he really running from? And mm -hmm. I was, I'll, I, another transition moment, I'm at a gym, this manager in the gym came up to me and he said, Hey, I've seen you get some good results. You should think about being a trainer. And I looked at him and I was like, what's a trainer? <laughs> I didn't even know what personal training was. And, and that led me on a 10 year career, you know, and then kind of the rest is history. Wow. I'm wait, I'm, I'm trying to breathe right now as, as you're, <laughs> as you're <laughs> yes. I think I held my breath as you were talking. Uh, you know what I mean? Like your story is, is really profound. And I think so many people can relate to parts of it because, you know, that, that feeling of um, the anxiety that you talk about that shows up in all of us. And I always define anxiety as, you know, it's, it's always the unknown and you grew up. What's really, um, thank you for sharing that about your upbringing too, because I think what just having that fundamental understanding of where you come from and where you are now is so important. But like when you grow up in a home where there's not a lot of known entities, you know, the, the environment is unpredictable. You 
it creates anxiety in a child and therefore, you know, that the part of what has happened, you know, moving forward in your life, but how you got past that is so yeah. interesting and I think can help so many people. Uh, so like, it sounds like you hit rock bottom, like the hero's journey, right? And you decided like enough was enough, you know, crushing the cup. And, and, and then you went into like the resources kind of moment where, okay, I got to research. How can I get better? How can I get better? But yeah. like, how did you actually get out of the anxiety and funk? Like, like where did you take it from there? Well, um, I think that just uh, to use the hero's journey as a metaphor, there's yeah. many, juros, many journeys within the hero's journey. And so I think my journey still continues, Kim. Like I still am mm. aware of parts of myself that have the anxiety, but you know, I love to speak in metaphor and I feel like anxiety is just kind of fear with different clothes on and the clothes are really just excitement. And it's like, if I'm anxious, I'm just excited because I care about something. I just want something to really work out. And so flashing back to that younger guy, it's like the way that I gathered the resources was I just stopped. I stopped what I was doing because, and I think everyone can take this home. It's like, if, if we're doing something that we know in our heart, we know in our soul is not the right fit for us, you don't have to know exactly where you're going to go next. All you have to do is choose to stop. Oh, I love that. Answers will unfold. And so what I did to gather information, really what I like mm -hmm. to say with the people that I come across is like, I gathered evidence, Kim. I started to gather mm -hmm. evidence that I was loved, that I was supported, and that I was on the right path. Even if my current environment told me no, I would gather evidence that I'm eating good foods. I would gather evidence about learning about my body, about exercise. I would gather evidence that I can trust my friends. I can trust people. And I would just stack those bricks on the wall of success. You know, just one after another, like, who can I trust? Okay, I'm going to stack that in my memory. I'm training my nervous system. I'm training my memory that I'm supported and I'm gathering that evidence on a continuous basis. And honestly, that, that evidence gathering is really what allows the subconscious to shift. And so I'm, I'm not through the forest. I'm actually just kind of learning to dance in the forest now, <laughs> which is really, <laughs> that's really where I'm at now, right? But, but um, mm -hmm. I'm at a place where I feel confident that I can help other people um, that are maybe dealing with paralyzing anxiety and mm. just really not having a starting point, which honestly, like the whole ethos of Wellness Force is to explore this physical and the emotional intelligence that we all get to have. We all need this. Um, and it's the only, only way we can unlock a life lived well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love that you were so honest that you said you're still dancing too. I think we're all still dancing and totally. our dances shift, right? Could be the salsa one minute and then, you know, the trot the next. And sometimes I do the worm. You do the worm. Get out of here. Wait, do yeah. you do the lawnmower? You ever do the I, lawnmower? I have not done the lawnmower in a while. I, but you know what the lawnmower is. I'm totally. impressed. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm not like the only like older person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. Um, so that, no, that, that I, I really, really like that you said that too, because I think people feel sometimes that they have to be at a certain end point to finally feel that they're, that they're well, you know, like yeah. they've reached the peak of the physical intelligence and their wellness and their mental health. Like there, you know, everyone keeps growing. You know, that's what makes yes. a forest a forest. The trees keep growing. And yeah. so, you know, that I, I really like that you said that. So you, you kind of skimmed over it. And that's my job as a dating detective to always kind of go back to something that you skimmed over. You said that anxiety has and kind of your past has creeped into some of your current relationships. So like, 
are you dating somebody right now or what, how's it showing up in your relationships? Oh, I love this. Um, yes, currently <laughs> like I'm on the market. I'm stepping into this understanding. Really, that's the best way I can phrase it. I'm in the understanding that I'm valuable, that I'm worthy and that just because a past relationship did not work, it does not determine, it's not an imprint of my current or my future. And so like the work that I've done it has been through mastering transformational training, um, also different plant medicines and psychedelics and also intensive workshops to really train my nervous system, Kim. And I, and I love to repeat this because I think it's, a, it's the most overlooked fact that we are half beast and we are half spirit. You know, we're, we're software and hardware. And so mm. for me, I really put my heart into training my software so that eventually over time, it trains my hardware. And so that's in the dating world, what I'm stepping into now is I just consider it like batting practice. I'm on different apps. I'm going out there and I'm just, I'm just practicing. I've, I've let go. One of the biggest pieces for me in dating is like letting go of the expectation that I have to act a certain way or that she needs to look a certain way or that it has to go a certain way on the date. I mean, all of that is BS and all of that is BS fed from my ego, which is stemming from my inner child, which wants to feel safe. And Bingo. the story is totally different. Bingo. That's partly like related to the anxiety too, you know, like wanting to have some sort of prediction and control over who it is because you grew up in that unpredictable environment like on a very <laughs> subconscious level. We're just going to get yes. a little psycho babble right no, here. No, I, I love your question. And I almost yeah. feel like it's what kind of drove me to podcasting so that I could like get oh. the answers I was seeking, the trust the nervous system calming. If I have the information, well, then it'll just translate into results. And then I learned, oh yeah, that's not actually how it works. Oh my gosh. So then how are you navigating Bumble and Tinder without being anxious? You know what <laughs> I used to question. do? I'm going to go real vulnerable because like you deserve yeah. this instead of the people listening. I used to have copy and paste messages because I considered it to be a you numbers did not. game. I did. Yeah. So I would just have a blank spot and I would like insert Jennifer, Lauren, Vanessa, and I would just send out like 25 messages and then five would respond because it's a tough world out there. You know, and I'm, I'm willing to have that belief be changed. <laughs> As I said that out loud, I'm realizing it doesn't have to be a tough world, but sometimes <laughs> it feels like that. Uh, it feels yeah. like that when um, the majority of women that I've experienced through, through the dating apps, it almost mm -hmm. seems as if they want masculine attention. And then as soon as they've gotten it, um, there's no response. Like they'll get kind of like a conversation or two here and there. And I've gotten a phone call with some of them and they get kind of like almost filled up with my masculine presence. And then they exit because they've gotten what they truly needed because they were scared of intimacy in the first place. Mm, this is so interesting, especially if you're a woman listening to this, just listen to how, how the men are thinking because the, the women, the women have like an opposite view. They think that all men are players and it's a numbers game and that they are not really interested in making connection anyway. Do you see, this is where the sex is. Like we come to, to like a standstill, like it's like, yes. you know, like checkmate. Um, no, because we're assuming what other, the other sex is doing and their intentions rather than really connecting. But I find it interesting that you're copying and pasting. What, what, why did, why are you copying and pasting from an emotionally well, intelligent? Well, yeah, I mean, this was, this was probably about a year ago. So in the past, oh, okay. in the past six months, I've just taken a deep breath for lack of a better term to go back to the beginning of the show. It's like, I really want to come from a genuine place. And I think before when I got on the dating apps, I was just lonely. 
And I just like wanted to have female interaction because that's what my body needed. You know, sex and female intimacy, not just the physical act of sex, but also emotional intimacy. It's one of these nutrient cups that gets to be filled for anyone. You know, we have the physical, which is like our training and our diet. Then we have the emotional, which is like our thoughts and our actions. And then we also have this other piece, which is the existential stress that's caused when men don't get touched. I mean, men not being touched, mm. men not being um, acknowledged in our current environment, it is an epidemic. Now, mm. for so long, women were owned like property and there's still a pain body, as Eckhart Tolle explains, from leftover from women's suffrage. And so the Me Too movement is real. You know, I really want to turn that into more of a We Too so that men and women can find the solution together. But to circle back, it's like many men out there are not being touched. There's a lot of research around in the UK, men over 40, the leading cause of death or secondly leading cause of death for men over 40 in the UK um, is actually suicide because they're lonely. This is a loneliness epidemic. And so mm-hmm. my pressure that I felt maybe a year, year and a half ago was loneliness, you know, being an entrepreneur and like working from home and being on the podcast and connecting and giving and being curious and pouring myself out there to the world. I just needed some energy back. And so I was coming from a place of scarcity instead of a place of power. And now I'm committed to coming from a place of power. Power and abundance. I'll add one more word from love that. For you. Yeah, love that. because when you're in that scarcity mode, that's when you. That's when everyone starts numbing out and copy and pasting and and detached <laughs> kind yeah. of like yes. you know, dating. And let's face it, um, virtual dating is detached anyway, right? Yep. Like it's really easy to do the online dating because you can stay in that numbing, detached kind of way. And so you're, that is so interesting that you said that too, about the touch. I mean, I think not just with men, I just think the humans need touch like it's, and that's proven in the, in the world. But I think just having you said that, you know, from a man's perspective, I don't think women think about that. You know, women are getting so defensive and worried about, you know, being harassed and, you know, there's a lot of stuff around that. And so you know, just the fundamental like human kind of craving that we all have. I love that you brought that out. So, Well, from a physiological piece too, Kim, there's a reason that we have these receptors on our skin, right? And hair and everything else. We have these efferent and afferent nerves that go to our nervous system that then feed into our other systems that eventually connect to our brain, right? And so our body's receiving signals that it's either loved or that it's lonely, It's receiving those two signals all the time. I mean, the number one benefit, in my opinion, of being in an intimate relationship is feeling that trusting space where you can touch one another in an intimate way, not just the sex, right? And so that's the piece that I think is missing right now as we see the anger and the pain body expressed through the Me Too movement. You know who's getting left out? And this isn't about victimhood. Who's getting left out are conscious men. Conscious men are being looped into the same bundle as the men who have caused the pain for the women in the past. And that's not the kind of men that I run with in my circles, but yet in my circles, this conversation comes up in my men's groups quite a bit where women are on guard and it's our job to kind of diffuse the guard. And that takes time and attention. And it's a very challenging space out there um, that I'm willing to really be a part of the change for it through having conversations like this. I love it. Wait a second, you're in a men's group? Talk about that more. So David Data is one of the guys that I've probably studied Mm -hmm. for, gosh, six years now. And we really talk about 
not only do we love the frenetic energy of the feminine and the calming energy of the feminine, but it's because, you know, women remind men what's real in this world. You know, the nurturing, the calmness, the love and, and the affection. And really like the word that comes up for me is the softness. It's mm-hmm. the softness in the current masculine that's we're seeing this talked about more and more. And, and the paradox is, is that with Data's work and what we talk about in my men's group, men are perceived as weak when they're emotionally open, when they're crying, when they express their softness. I call BS on that. It's like the bigger bandwidth of emotion we have as men, the more powerful we can be as a man. I don't know my most powerful masculine edge where I can like build a wall, screw in light bulbs and carry you up the stairs unless the other part of me has like cried because I'm sad or I'm lonely. I need to have that full bandwidth as a man. And if I don't have that, I'm, I'm restricting my growth. I'm restricting blood flow to who I actually am. Okay, how many women just lit up when he talked about screwing a light bulb? <laughs> <laughs> There's something about that, Josh. I'm just saying. I know. No, but I love that. I, and, and I think it's important for women to hear this because, again, I think that, you know, women, it, it's okay to talk about a lot of stuff because we're, we're kind of socialized, right, to, to talk to other women about some of this stuff. And the fact that you have support from other men and that men want the same thing is so beautiful. And I know we kind of digress from our original thing, but that often happens when we dig deep, right? When we yes. go to the bottom of the sea and we um, talk about this stuff. The, um, the thing that I really wanted to know is we, you started off saying about the copy and paste and you got away from that. What, how did, now how do you interact online? Like what are you doing that is creating better connection? You know, I'm, I'm actually using Facebook. Now, the ah. reason that I'm... Yeah, the reason I'm using Facebook is because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a more um, authentic platform for mm-hmm. me to message somebody that has a ton of mutual friends, is into what I'm into, and it's just literally figuring out ways that I can articulate safe messages to send women to gauge their interest. And, and you know right away, it's like yeah. if somebody's into you, you kind of know, <laughs> right? Right, right. You know if a lady's into you or not based on her response. And so that's where I've been playing more. Um, I find that the dating and the swiping, it just falls into that category of like banking my decision fatigue, you know, this decision yeah. fatigue that we're all going through so much right now. Kim, we only get around 125 to 150 really high quality, high, high tension decisions every day. So why am I wow. going to waste my decision on constantly, incessantly swiping on these dating apps? You know, it's like, I don't see these dating apps growing in the future. Right, right. And I think what you're saying too is that Facebook also allows, there's more of a conversational feel to Facebook, you know, and so that you can make better connections and more authentic connections that way. And it's, you know what, it's so similar to what I tell people about um, dating events and single events. I'm not a big believer in them for the same reason that you're talking about the apps is that I think there's this undue weird pressure when people go to single events because everyone's there for the sole purpose of meeting somebody. So there's this kind of competition thing that bubbles up and Mm. people are looking at each other and it's this weird kind of off thing that's not in the real world. But yet if you meet somebody at a networking event, say it's more natural. 
because you're more yeah. in your element. And, and I think Facebook is kind of providing that for you. Well, too. I, there's less risk, isn't there, Kim? Like when we're networking, there's no risk of us being emotionally intimate if we don't want to be. <laughs> I mean, right, when right. we're at a dating workshop or we're at a dating event, it's like there is a lot more intimacy involved in that, which can bring up a lot of nervous system activation. And then how mm-hmm. much work we've done on our nervous system really shines, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. I want to keep going and I'm loving this conversation, I, I, but I, and I have so many questions for you. I wanted to circle back to this whole like notion of physical intelligence and wellness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to living a life of true wellness, you know, what focus is missing right in, in the health and the fitness industry, would you say overall? Uh, a deep breath and the truth. You know, the mm-hmm. authenticity part of the fitness industry has been so abused. And now we have people that are, I call them authenticity bandwagoners, where they use strategic vulnerability and authenticity. They'll say, hey guys, um, I had a rough week. I'm, just to let you know, this video is going to be really vulnerable right now. And it's like, don't, <laughs> don't tell me it's going to be really vulnerable. Just be you. Right, and so what's, right. what's missing in, in, in all of us, by the way, living a true life of wellness, and especially when we have um, Instagram feeds and Facebook feeds in both fitness and wellness, I think true authenticity is missing. And I think that the more we can have real conversations where we don't need to feel like we're in a hurry, where we're taking breaths, where it's not just a show, where you know, we can really be ourselves, that's, that's really where the answers lie anyways, mm. is the exploration of self. That's why so many people in personal development and wellness they all start with self-awareness. And that conversation of self-awareness, Kim, let's be real, like it's not sexy. It doesn't involve a 10-step PDF to eat more carbs and lose weight. Like it's, it's just not marketable unless you have your heart in it. And so mm-hmm. that's what's really missing from the space. Mm, and that's where the physical and the emotional intelligence merge for you, like what you've been talking about. That's really cool. I love, love, love that. That's, that's cool. I want to... Um, recap for everybody some of the tips that you gave because you have so many juicy ones and I'm just going to try to like narrow it down for people so they can really see because you started with your story about you know how to deal with your anxiety and how that also trickled into like other parts of your life and because we focus a lot on dating and relationships I think it's really good to kind of highlight and I mean I think the first step is what happened to you is like there's a point in everybody's life where you hit rock bottom or you you make a like a declaration I'm ready to change like and usually something happens where you're ready for that Um, and after you do that gather evidence I love that you know find validation, gather resources, something that can like build that confidence in you to, to start taking action. And then the, my favorite thing that you said to, well, you said so many favorite things, but one of them was to reframe anxiety to excitement. That's such a great reframe. I don't know if you even knew that you did that, but it was beautiful because you, again, it's, it's the difference between being in victim mentality or in your power, you know, and thinking that the world is abundant and going after something. You can stay in anxiety and feel stuck, or you can feel the excitement and move forward. And so that was great. And then the other thing is to just stop, just yeah. stop. <laughs> you know, you don't have to keep running like you did in the beginning of your journey that sometimes you need to just stop. 
And so, oh my gosh, I could, I, I'm definitely going to have to have you on again because there's so many conversations <laughs> that came out of this. Yes. Any like last tips or words of wisdom and tell everyone where we can find you. Yeah. Thanks for giving me just one more piece of time here because there was one part that we didn't dig into that I really want people to take a deep breath and listen to here. It's accept yeah. that this road of wellness will always be something that you get to tend to. It's like, use the analogy of a garden, okay? If you're a farmer or if you've ever grown anything in your life, you know that unless you water it and you feed it and you give it sunlight, some people even talk to their plants, right? Without the loving ownership of taking those steps every single day to take loving care of yourself and your growth, nothing will ever change because the ego is such a subtle foe that it will tell you as long as you get to point A, you'll be safe. But what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, is you're going to get to point A, you're going to look a certain way, you're going to have a certain number on the scale, and you're going to realize, oh crap, I still don't feel safe. And it's the safety of this wellness journey that we cultivate and we farm by taking loving ownership and gathering evidence every day. And so that's the piece that I want to leave everyone listening with. Um, mm. If I said anything that, that, sh- that you know, kind of shocked you or you're wondering, like, who is this guy? I'm Wellness Force all over the internet, uh, Wellness Force on Instagram, and then, you know, pretty active everywhere, to be honest. So, um, Kim, this has been so fun. Thanks for letting me come on the oh show. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. And if I can breathe, I can choose and keep dancing. That, that's my takeaway for all of the stuff that you shared. With <laughs> so, again, thank you so much for joining. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Here you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. I have lots of goodies. And if you're looking for a supportive community to help you with your love life and perhaps a good kick in the butt with some tough love, make sure that you check out my new Facebook private group, Love Makeover Insiders, and click the link that you see here in the show description. Stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.